Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast, episode number 22, The Lunar Landing. Now, up until recently, I hadn't thought much of the 1969 landing on the moon by Apollo 11. I was alive back then. I remember seeing it on TV, but up until this point in time, it had real, really no substance to me, I guess you would call it, until I started uh, watching a lot of the documentaries on Netflix, which is kind of interesting because, you know, until you watch the documentaries and really understand how things were, how things really were, and your perception as younger people or a person are, are different. Well, how about a nation's perspective on something where over 600 million people watched the uh, first lunar landing? It's kind of an interesting theory that the possibility that the lunar landing was staged, and I believe at this point in time, there's probably a 28% or higher belief by the total population in the United States that the lunar landing was, was fake, and I guess this was all brought up, brought about early 1960s, the United States and Russia were toe-to-toe to see who was going to have a more superior space program, I, I guess you would call it. The Russians to this day have not successfully put anyone on the moon. But at the same time in the 60s, the Russians had also hid a lot of their failed attempts to get a person at least into, into, into orbit, outer space, a lot of fatalities, uh, a lot of unreported uh, attempts. So the basis of this conspiracy theory from the U.S. side is that president at the time, John F. Kennedy, wanted to make America seem like we had a superiority in the um, space program over the Russians. So what better way to do it? Well, to land somebody on the moon. Which kind of makes sense, I suppose. Um, At the point in time, there's a lot of people, technical people, that suggest that we didn't have the capability to do it. I didn't really research it that much. Uh, my thing is unexplained disappearances, homicides, and stuff in the true crime field. Not so much. Um, not so much in the um, Area 51 or the lunar landing uh, category. That's really kind of not my thing, but I figured this was worth putting some input in it. And it seemed that this 
all started, this, this conspiracy theory, this landing, uh, by an article that was put in the uh, Paris Review by a William uh, Casing. He was a technical writer uh, for Rocketdyne. Uh, and he became convinced that a lot of the tech, technical things that he saw going on uh, while watching some of the video for the, um, the landing were more accurate or maybe misrepresented, whatever you want to, whatever you want to consider it. Um, so I'm going to be going through some different notes that I, that I kind of randomly took, uh, going through this, um, just so I had some of the information that I thought was, um, relevant. Now, how is it possible to portray something as large as the lunar landing and make it seem to the world that it's true. Well, let's face it. It was a lot harder in the 60s to do that. But let's take a look at the big screen nowadays. Um, they can do about almost anything to a point where it's somewhat scary. Uh, even photographs you can nowadays race ad you can put in a lot of different uh, a lot of different features in a photo now that weren't really there back in the time so so what does this mean exactly well let's look at a couple of the, the items of contention here without without putting out any specific names first we have the flag now it's interesting that the and I, I really don't know what view I have on this right now, although I'm kind of looking at some of this information. I'm scratching my head wondering if I really saw what I saw. Uh, just, just from my, just from my uh, point of view. <clears throat> the American flag that was, that was put into the moon, pushed down. It was interesting how NASA determined that it would have to be placed... The, the pole of the flag would have to be placed six to nine inches under the lunar surface. Since we'd never been on the lunar surface and we didn't know the, the density of the soil. I mean, what if we got there and it was like a big block of cement? How would you get it down six inches or nine inches without, without, a, uh, without pounding it into the freaking ground? The flag. Well, there's a lot of theories about the flag. One is it's free movement. Um, if there is no atmosphere on the surface of the moon, then theoretically, the flag should have only moved in one direction or none at all. Uh, NASA claims that the movement was due to rods that they put into the flag, so it always stayed... Uh, kept a, a certain form, shape, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
but if that's true, how did how is there such free movement in the the flag itself? I don't know. That doesn't seem. It did the, the photo to me looks like it had it made contact with some type of air movement. But if it's supposed to be vacuum vacuumless in space, how do we have how did that happen? I don't know about that. So that's another one I'm not sure of because what I see. And what I know from personal experience about vacuums, and I just don't see NASA's explanation being very plausible. I, I, I mean, I mean, it's interesting because it's well it's well written, but I don't know if it's physically plausible. The stars. If you look at the stars. In any photograph, there is no stars. There are none. There's simply no stars in the background. The reason for this is what NASA gives is that the reflective property of the moon puts out so much light that you would not be able to see it. Well, maybe. But you have to remember, sunlight only travels in one direction. So... It, can, it only reflects, theoretically, in the direction or from the position where it's at. So what about the other positions? Where are the stars there? And since you're out in space and you have no light contamination, you should be able to see something, a dot, anything, I don't know. But And then there's this rock that somewhere in the area where the flag was put in. They identified it as the Sea Rock. And what it was, it was a rock that had a perfectly clear impression of a sea on it, like, like it was stamped out by a machine. Well, if we didn't bring it on the Apollo 11, and There was nobody else living on the planet or the lunar surface, whatever you want to call it. Where'd the rock come from? How'd it get there? Was it a prop left behind? Or was it a prop that they failed to turn over the right way? I don't know. Another interesting fact is reflection on one of the astronauts' um, helmets. And I looked at this, this thing with a high-powered jewelry loop and I have to say no matter which way I looked at it left, right, right, left, up, down it looked like a, uh, a stage camera and back then you have to remember they wouldn't have had the technology to erase erase it um, NASA's put out a lot of interesting theories of what it was I don't know, man. It looks pretty much like a damn can, uh, a lighting, a lighting, a lighting can for a stage to me. But um, another interesting thing to get back to our star theory is the shadows. Well, if you look at the photographs, you will see multi-directional shadows, not just going one way. If the sun's behind you. The shadow is going to go forward. If it's in front of you, it's going backwards. 
but it's not going north, south, east, and west at the same time. It's an effect that's really produced by multi-light multi sources. So, that's what I'm going to say about that one. Okay. Um, the landing surface. Now, NASA has come up with this explanation that the Apollo 11, because of there no, being no gravity, would only weigh one-tenth of the weight that it was. Okay, fine. I don't know what its combined mass is, but regardless of the fact, um, it's going to leave a mark somewhere. Especially, <clears throat> the biggest thing is the, the thruster. Now, think about it this way. If the density of the soil on the surface of the moon was light enough where we could stick a, a flagpole six to nine inches in it, what's the possibility if it's hit with thrusters from a propulsion system that you are not going to get a crater? And from a science point of view, and I don't think that's possible. Uh, even where it's landed, uh, there's no, the interesting thing is there's no impressions from where the pads of the uh, Apollo 11 landed. There's no depression in the soil. So, that's a little strange. Uh, so, do I believe that NASA's version of why there, there's no disturbance around the area where it landed. I, I totally don't believe that. I just think that's from, from a physical point of view, it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't it just doesn't make sense. I mean, there's no impression. <clears throat> and then, think about it. There's no impression, right? This, so this, this big I, like I said, I don't know how heavy it is, but I'm assuming a ton or so so, there's no impression, okay? But yet, when we look at the one of the footprints left behind, the footprint, and tell me how this one happened. Instead of being depressed, it's elevated. How the hell did that happen? I mean, that's like you walking on a beach and turning around and your, your footprint being elevated a foot for a couple inches off the surface of the sand. Um, again, another, um, another fact that seems, doesn't seem correct when you compare it to other, when you compare that to the, the lack of landing, uh, disturbance, which didn't leave an impression, left nothing, and then you have a footprint that actually leaves an inch elevation in the print. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And then there's a theory about watching the astronauts on the walking or moving on the surface of the moon. Well, it appears that, that they're in some type of spaceless void. However, 
I looked at a few photographs where somebody had actually uh, identified wires or, so, or something of that effect. Wires, rope, I don't know what you want to, what you would consider it. But so here's another thing that leads me to question. You know, then what I saw in '69 was I really seeing what I thought I saw, or um, was I not seeing anything? Now, here's another issue that that I ha I have personally. <clears throat> Just like the Bigfoot photos and the crop circle photos and the UFO photos, the most significant photos are very grainy, unclear. Um, they just don't seem clear enough to, to get any specific details, which is which is kind of interesting because a majority of the photos, which I which I call uh, um, I would call them trailer fo photos, are very clear, high definition, very clear, and then the important ones are um, just not. Just not, um, you can't see anything. Um, another, two other problems I found was the, the footage. If you look at a lot of the footage, uh, the numerics on the footage look more like studio type footage, you know. Uh, numbers and things like that. It doesn't look like a, uh, something that NASA would, NASA would use or imprint on any of things. Then you have the speech. In one of the videos, there's actually, you can hear, you know, NASA talking and you get the breaking and the, you know, um, all of that disturbance in it. Then about four seconds later, somebody says, talk now. And one of the astronauts is talking. Well, why would you do that? Who the hell would be there to tell you to talk? Why would they do that? Do they do it to make it sound like it was time that it would take the radio transmissions to get to where you are? Maybe. And again, was our radio technology actually at that time good enough to even do any of this? I mean... Nowadays, it's different, but was the technology actually um, sophisticated enough at that time to actually put a radio signal that far out? I don't know. Um, you know, so it's kind of interesting. But at the same time, what I did notice was interesting uh, with some of the interviews with some of the <clears throat> conspiracy theory uh, people. One of the interesting ones um, was a encounter between uh, a conspiracy theorist and one of the astronauts. I don't I don't know if it was Buzz Aldrin or whoever the hell it was, where the guy puts a Bible in front of him and says, um, "You said you landed on the moon. Put your hand on a Bible and swear to it." Well, nothing for nothing. If I landed on the fucking moon, I put both hands on it and say, "Yeah, I was there. You weren't. Ha ha." 
Um, could not put his hand there. Didn't even want to respond to the guy. Um, which is kind of interesting because if I landed on the fucking moon, I'd be telling everybody. So, I found that a little, a little odd that, um, you know, that he wouldn't do that. But at the same time, I've listened to a lot of these conspiracy theories, theorists, and, um, yeah, see, some of them are freaking out there, um, psychologically, some of them, yeah, they're, they're out there, I mean, we have one guy saying that, uh, <clears throat> NASA has a, um, or not NASA, well, yeah, NASA, I guess, you consider it has, has, um, spaceship technology from, I, I guess, UFOs or something from Area 51 that we have, uh, individuals patrolling, patrolling the universe. So why, why, theoretically, why the hell would we patrol space or the universe considering we don't even know if there's anybody else out there. So, I mean, that was just kind of really, I, I, I read that and I'm holy shit. Um, so, but this, this in turn is like, um, an Area 51 case, you know, uh, but it's interesting because they did have one gentleman, Stanley, uh, Kubrick, he was involved in, for you who don't know who Stanley Kubrick is, he was, he was the one that created, edited, um, Space Odyssey 2001 which basically was at that time one of the more believable science fiction movies, uh, the way it was filmed, the way it was portrayed. So, you know, is it possible that they had him there to, for technical support to film this thing? Maybe. You know, why would he do it? Eh, maybe he's just patriotic, maybe he's not. Did he do it? Who knows? Um... And then you have, like I said, the original guy that brought it to everybody's attention, William Casing, which is, you know, he's like a, uh, a Bob Lazar, I guess. Bob Lazar created Area 51. This guy created the, uh, the lunar surface conspiracy. So, um, whatever, whatever way you turn it, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of an interesting fact. I mean, myself personally... I think nowadays we, we sure we surely have the capability of putting spacecraft into space. But then you think about it, if, if they are correct about if they are correct about the lunar surface landing as being conspiracy, what does that mean for The satellites and every other thing we've landed on Mars. Did that really happen? Who knows? You know, it's kind of hard to say. It's kind of an interesting fact, but uh, this isn't probably a topic I I will be totally researching 
you know, just because I don't have that, you know, if somebody landed on the moon or not, I mean, does it have any significant impact in my life? Now, probably not. Um, we have more of more important things going on now today than ever. So somebody landing on the moon is not, is not priority to me. Landing on Mars is not priority to me. How many, how many moons are revolving around this planet, that planet? Probably no significance. It's interesting, but beyond that, it has no direct impact on uh, what goes on in society today. So it probably is not going to be my cup of tea. But but it's something to think about. I mean, think about if if the lunar landing footage is fake, then what else is fake? I mean, let's face it. We know the government lies to us about everything. So, where does that put us? And I think, honestly, lately, with learning all the technology that China had that we didn't know about it because of a a weak leadership in our country nowadays, um, it's a pretty scary, pretty scary thought. Um, what else will we do? I mean, the Russians lied to us about not trying to get to the moon. The Chinese lied to us about a lot of things, and now we find out that they have uh, nuclear capabilities far more superior than the United States. Um, so, yeah, really, let's think about it. I mean, could back in 1969, could we have really put somebody on the moon? And if we did have that technology, why did it take so long for other technologies to catch up with us? So, but on that note, this is episode two of the Night Stalker, the lunar landing. Uh, not sure exactly what episode 23 might be. Not sure about that right now. Um, a lot of people are kind of tuning into some of my rants, like uh, choices and free will and stuff like that. So maybe we will do a a rant on something more stressful and sometimes toxic, like relationships, um, because in fact they are stressful, toxic, and probably not not good for our general overall health and whatever way you turn, but I will see you for episode 23, it may be out today, it might be out tomorrow, but it will be out there, so stay tuned, listen, share the podcast with your friends, Um, and if you have any ideas, you can send them to my email address, which is uh, forever, F-O-R-E-V-E-R, night, N-I-G-H-T, CT, the numeral one, at Comcast.net. Just do me a favor and put some type of label to the email, you know, whether it's involving the Night Stalker uh, episode or whatever it is, because I do get a lot of email. And when it has nothing specific, I I just usually trash most of it. Uh, Everybody's trying to sell me the 
car warranty that I never had in the first place. So, all right, with that being said, stay tuned for your next episode of the Night Stalker, and I will be talking to you later.